0: The hosts feel it would be a little unkind to present this podcast without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science who sought to create a man after his own image without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life it will thrill you, it may shock you, it might even horrify you, so if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now's your chance to. Hello, and welcome once again to the Frankencast. I'm the mad scientist, Anthony Bowman. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm joined as always by...
1: Ooh, I'm that friend that just got stabbed with this weird syringe full of odd serum that is Eric Velasquez. My pronouns are also he, him.
0: <laughs> I'm sure nothing bad will happen from that Yeah, serum. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing bad could happen, right? <laughs> so this week we're talking about Overlord. Yeah. And I was, like, I watched Overlord right when it came out, and I hadn't seen it since, and, like, yeah, I I was, it was nice to revisit this, it's, it's a really interesting, like, film, like, it's, it kind of is of a piece with, with the movie we watched last week, with Frankenstein's Army, in that, like, it starts as just a war movie, and then Mm -hmm. it, like, sneaks up on you with the weird stuff.
1: Right, I love, I love it, like, I love how it, how creepy it gets. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, this is just a war story. And then shit goes wrong. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it
1: gets me every time.
0: This, I think we start out and we like, the first shot is just like we see the ocean just full of warships with like mm-hmm. planes flying overhead. Like... Well,
1: I guess the first shot is we get like an old style title card, right? Where it just mm, says Overlord yeah. and it looks like one of those films out of the 40s.
0: Yeah. yeah, so then we kind of are introduced to our main cast, and it kind of it almost has like a slashery thing because we got we're we're in like the hull of like a plane. You know, this is like a a paratroop plane. There's a bunch of guys here. You you don't really get to know them very well, and then slowly you get whittled down to like who you're actually going to get to know. See, <laughs> you
1: say slasher, I immediately thought aliens. Like this mm. is an homage to uh,
0: Aliens, where you yeah, have all those yeah.
1: colonial marines. And then, you know, slowly, like you said, slowly they, they, we get dwindled down to the main cast.
0: Yeah, it's like you can, there's a little bit of a hint of like who's going to be, who's going to matter. Mm-hmm. But at first I was like, I don't know if I need to remember any of these guys' names or not. And then, right. like, slowly you start to be like, okay, yeah, this guy's going to stick around. This guy's not. Right. So uh, we,
1: we first get introduced to Boyce. We, he, we don't mm-hmm. get his name immediately, but we get that he's nervous or, you know, maybe not fully into the soldier mentality yet.
0: Uh, Like, uh, somebody next to him asks for a stick of gum, and he goes to pull it out and drops it all over the floor because he's just shaky, and he also has, like, some sort of necklace that he drops.
1: And that's when Tibbet picks it up, and, of course, we don't know his name's Tibbet yet, but he just gives Boyce so much shit for this Mm -hmm. little necklace
0: and he's like oh is this your lucky charm mm-hmm. uh and Boyce is just like Get, just give it to me just hand it over like he's just not putting up with it but yeah it it's really clear that like yeah I mean like Tibbet is like the mouth like he's gonna be like the mm-hmm. smart ass of the crew and Boyce is you know like the reluctant soldier like he's right. he's been drafted you know he's he's not here because he wants to be here for sure
1: right well I don't think anybody wanted to be here but yeah <laughs> Tibbet, Tibbet definitely took uh Took to it more than uh, Boyce did, and of course, mm-hmm. well, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the cast because at the time, the majority of this cast, I would say, are pretty much no-name actors. But we've got a few that have come out, and like at least Wyatt Wyatt Russell, Kirk Ru- uh, Kirk Russell's son, uh, he's kind of become a thing, right? Like, mm, he is, yeah, he is the the U.S. agent if you're a Marvel fan. He's starred in a couple other movies, or he's been in a couple other movies. He's kind of like, um, what's Clint Eastwood's son? Scott Eastwood. You know, it's like hmm. this is the, the the second generation of those old-timey actors. Well, they're not old-timey actors, but, like, the 70s, like, tough guy
0: actors. Yeah, and, like, the their sons are, like, slightly more handsome, less grizzled versions of right. their dads. But they they still do have a little bit more character actor quality than, like, you know, your average, like, movie star. hmm it's like
1: they've been bred for this. <laughs> right? And then, of <laughs> yeah. course, going back to Tibbet, he's kind of a that-guy actor, you know? Uh, what, John Maguero? Like, mm-hmm. what, he was in um, The Umbrella Academy Season 1?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Peabody. And he uh, he generally plays, like, these kind of smart-ass guys. I yeah. think he's in, like, he's in, like, The Big Short mm-hmm. uh, and that super-pumped show about uh, Uber. Right. So, yeah, he just, you know, he plays a lot of those kind of, like, you know, snarky guys.
1: He was in the many states of Newark. Like, which is definitely Mm -hmm. a throwback to the frickin' uh, mob movies of the 90s.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, and he was a young Meyer Lansky. So he's he's basically been doing a lot of gangster stuff now. (laughs) Fair enough.
0: Yeah, that makes sense, Mm because he's just got that attitude.
1: Yeah. He's got that swagger. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So we also get, just once again, this is Wyatt Russell, uh, just as kind of a no-name, uh, just a mysterious soldier, carving airborne to end war on June 6, 1944, which that would have been nice, I'm sure. <laughs>
0: right. We get our sergeant who stands up and is kind of like giving the crew, like, played here's by, where our mission is. Played by
1: Bokeem Woodbine, who mm-hmm. has, has been a Spartan. Uh, what, what the hell else has he been? He's been everything. Like, wasn't he in Transformers? He
0: Bokeem, was in one of the Spider-Man movies, too, I Homecoming. think. Homecoming. He was Mm -hmm. shocker number two. (laughs) (laughs) And he's also, I just saw him recently. um, Netflix has a series about, like, the murders of Tupac and Biggie. Mm -hmm. And he's, like, one of the cops in that.
1: Yeah, Darren Dupree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, so he's kind of another that-guy actor, but he's a little bit more famous. Yeah. It's like, you know him by name, but he's, you know, he's in a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So he tells them that like, so our, um, Wyatt Russell is sort of like the star of the show when we land, like he's going to be the one, uh, we're going to be blowing up a church that mm-hmm. was turned into a Nazi radio tower. When you get down there, treat anything he says, like it's coming straight from my mouth. Right. Like he's the boss. Basically
1: saying I'm not going to be around for long and he's going to be my number two. So, mm-hmm. all right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> To, like, lean into the, so we know Nazis are terrible. He's like, why, you know, men, you know, why why did the Nazis put a radio tower on a church? Right. And they're like, uh, well, I don't know, is it because it's tall? And he's well, like.
1: <laughs> well, what he does is he's literally, like, having every member of the, the group, the main members of the group, like, call out, like, what's going on? What are Nazis? They're bastards. You know, what are we going to do to them? We're going to kill them. And then he specifically asks boys, you know. Boyce was the one who said, what are, what are the Nazis? And Boyce was just like, eh? <laughs> like, bastard voice, for God's sake. And yeah. you can tell everyone's like, this guy.
0: And he's like, you know, so they turned a church into a, you know, a war asset because they're fucking, they want to ruin everything that's good or something like, I think that's what he says.
1: Yeah, and the only thing you do to vassals is you become uh, dirtier and nastier than they are.
0: Mm-hmm yeah
1: which i disagree with but that's yeah, a, that's 100%. A <laughs> yeah
0: i mean i guess that's that's the policy of any military is like you yeah. know we've got to be stronger and meaner mm-hmm. um, but yeah I, I definitely you know feel the need to push back against that idea as being the only way to do things
1: right and then we're also introduced to a random character named grunauer who speaks german so okay we have our translator here great that's going to be awesome uh, mm. Then we also have this kid named Chase, who's the photographer. Hmm, okay, cool.
0: Yeah, and it it already seems like Chase is on everybody's nerves. Mm-hmm. Like nobody really likes him. We're
1: taking pictures of everybody, and they're like, for God's sake, get the, get the camera out of my face, man.
0: Yeah, we got shit to do. Mm-hmm. We gotta stay, keep
1: our head in the game.
0: Wyatt Russell, his character's name is uh, Ford. Corporal Ford, yeah. and he's like a, a demolitions expert, kind of. But they, there's like rumors that he like did something bad. He's got a like a legend to him, you know. Like I heard, this guy's such a badass. He did all this terrible he stuff. He was in
1: Italy and like killed a bunch of guys. Yeah, he was a last minute transfer because he was such a badass. They couldn't be <laughs> <with him>. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh,
0: and so yeah, they they start kind of getting prepared. Like it's it's about time to jump. Shit's exploding out the windows. We're seeing other planes going down. Like. Things are getting scary. Like, you know, they're they're trying. They're flying over enemy territory. Mm-hmm. Uh, machine gun fire is shooting up through the floor of the plane. We get a couple right. guys who just, just get...
1: Rex House. And then we have this poor mm-hmm. medic who tries to save him. And everybody's like, for God's sake, he's dead. He yeah. just got splattered on the roof.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we're, you know, like we said, we're, we're already narrowing down to our uh, primary cast at this point. Yeah.
1: We also get that... Uh, like Boyce is friends with this guy named Rosenfeld. He's like, "Fuck, man, I don't know what I want. What's gonna happen if I get down there? Because I'm Jewish and they're Nazis." Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he's definitely like they're they're sort of like the scared guys. Mm-hmm. Like they, you know, they're, they're not like like cowards, but like people are treating them like cowards because they are just naturally afraid of a terrifying situation.
1: Because they have fucking common sense. <laughs> hmm
0: Absolutely. Which I mean, you know, I think. That's part of being a good soldier is you kind of have to train that common sense out of yourself, um, which is why soldiers come back with PTSD, because they've sort of they've had to dehumanize themselves in order to get their job done. Right. Um, Literally and like
1: killing machine.
0: Yeah. And and with with these two, we see like this is why, you know, they're they're not cut out to be good soldiers because they have maintained their humanity. They can't be good
1: soldiers Um, because they're good men
0: right exactly so at this point you know they're all kind of like getting ready you know they're jumping out of the plane because like one of the engines actually explodes yeah. and we get a couple other guys die so it's it's like we gotta jump now like we uh the plane is falling from the sky actively
1: right everyone's tethering themselves to the line so when they jump out their parachutes get uh get set off and of course boys being at the end of the line uh we then see everyone behind him more or less get fucked up
0: <laughs> mm-hmm and Boyce's parachute does not go off, and he's falling, like, head first, mm-hmm. um, and he's, like, frantically trying to grab it, and pulls it, and then, like, one second later, hits water, right. and it's like, man, if you hadn't landed in that lake, I don't think you had enough time with that parachute. Yeah. Uh, he would have been splattered on the ground. Right, and clearly,
1: he, this is not a shallow lake, <laughs> or he would have been splattered.
0: Hmm. He has to cut. You know the the parachute lines, and he gets. A, he barely makes it out of the water. Like he's almost out of breath. Right.
1: He almost gets uh, but, waterboarded boarded by his own parachute.
0: Hmm. Now he's alone, and he's kind of like trying to find some more of the. You know, they kind of all just got separated as they. You know, fell from the sky.
1: Yeah. So he preps his uh, sidearm, which it being submerged in water, I don't know. Maybe maybe it would still work. <laughs> I don't
0: know. about like, the same thing. <laughs>
1: you know, I, it depends on the model, I guess. But I, I'm still iffy on that. Well, he doesn't have too long to think about it because he immediately gets shot at from the tree line. Germans mm-hmm. have already found him.
0: Yeah, and he manages to like he ducks down and runs and hides in the forest, and then sees the sergeant who is surrounded by a bunch of Nazis, mm-hmm. and he's about to like try to rush out and rescue him, and then Ford grabs him and is like, "Nah, man." Like he's he's already dead. He's right. like we but we could we may be able to help, and he's like nah, <laughs> no, nah.
1: nah. And here's the thing, you know, Boke Woodbine being Boke Woodbine, he's like listen, I'm at least gonna go out saying some badass shit, right? <laughs> so he's like, hey, any of you all got any cigarettes? And you know the Germans being assholes, just snicker at him. And he's like, all right, well it's about God, and he then he just gets mowed down by the Germans.
0: Yeah. It was like, it's about damn time, I guess, so. At this point, Boyce is like, okay, the mission's, you know, fucked, and Ford's like, no, we have to keep going, like, everybody, so, so the deal is, they have to knock this radio tower down, By so six, that D-Day yeah. can happen. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this radio tower would, would stop the, the big invasion, right, so.
1: They but, would basically be able to spoil the plans, and then rush all the Germans to the front line that, the landing spots, basically
0: yeah. so like everything, basically, we're gonna win the war by doing this one thing right. Which, um,
1: that's silly, but okay. <laughs> <I>
0: mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, you have to have a movie for a reason. So we have to get to this checkpoint, seal Blanc and uh, you know, blow up the radio tower there,
0: so I think at this point, they do end up coming across three more crew members, which is uh, Tibbet mm-hmm. Rosenfeld and um, the, the photographer. what's his name. Chase chase yeah
1: well they also have like a hillbilly guy don't they and oh yeah i think so where does he yeah. where does he go in this movie <laughs> He just disappears i just thought about that because this isn't yeah. dawson because we then will get introduced like we see them like find dawson and or well this chase is like hey you know I- i've been sent to take pictures of everything going on and then ford's like hey let me see that camera you got there bud and he just like smashes it on the ground because if any <laughs> yeah. light came across this thing, it was going to reveal their position, right? And then yeah. I love Chase because he then pulls out just like an old ancient, like a pre-Polaroid Polaroid camera, <laughs> right? But then yeah, we do get we do get Dawson, and they're talking about how the German the German translator Grunauer had been shot and hung from the tree. He doesn't even get shown getting killed. He's just he died <laughs> off camera.
0: Yeah, and then Dawson, it's one of the, like, it's that stereotype where he's like, I've got big plans, I've been writing this book, and as soon as the war is over, I'm going to get it published.
1: Blows up as he steps (laughs) on a landmine. Damn. But, yeah, I mean, seriously, if you're in such a situation, I feel like it's the the kiss of death to say, boy, I'm going to go home in two weeks, or we're having a baby, or, you know like i have two plans. weeks away from a retirement yeah i have plans in the future it's time to die oh
0: no <laughs> yeah yeah and so you know of course you know Boyce is very upset about this and ford's like if you don't want to end up like him you need to focus Yeah, uh, and he's like walk to me i you know the path i made is is landmine free we've like, got to be very cautious here
1: Pick your bayonet tap tap the ground a little bit get your ass over here and then he's like, yeah. Tibbet, get over here. Tibbet's like, how <laughs> the hell do I do it? He's like, tap the ground. Okay, how hard? <laughs> Logical question. And <laughs> yeah. and Ford, of course, is like, you'll know. Well, <laughs> for a few right. seconds you'll know, or a second and a half you'll know.
0: Yeah. And so then once they get through the minefield, Tibbet finds a weird mangled corpse of some sort of unfamiliar animal. Yeah, like, which is that a dog? Yeah, which this feels like exactly the we had this exact same scene in frankenstein's army right yeah exactly this monstrous corpse
1: there's a lot that this is like very similar to like you've got the weird church that's also uh uh, like the stronghold yeah exactly yeah and then there's a lot of weird science going on behind the scenes hmm hmm who cribbed whose notes here
0: (laughs) yeah i mean this was came out several years after so Uh uh-oh uh <laughs> and i think at this point they don't know what to do with that animal they're like that's weird uh and then they stumble across a woman walking through the woods and they're like oh fuck she's we, they don't know you know what her deal is so yeah, they have to chase her down
1: Damn.
0: yeah um so that they, they catch up to her and she starts kind of like fighting them you know they're not trying to kill her they're just trying to figure out what's up right but
1: she's not uh, fucking around she just swipes the boys she's like i'm gonna <laughs> knife you yeah
0: yeah and then he starts speaking in French, and that, like, calms her down. Mm-hmm. They end up finding out that, you know, she lives in the town, you know, and they're they're oppressed by the Germans there. She's a French woman, and she's been out scavenging, you know, trying to find valuables on the corpses.
1: Right, for her family and for whatever. Probably to buy her way out of trouble if the Nazis got a hold of her. Mm-hmm. But also, of course, because y- you can't have... A uh, um, World War Two movie with a with a church without having an actual crucifix being like on the ground in a pile of rubble, right? Yeah. Situation to kind of signify we're in hell.
0: Yeah. So she's like kind of leading them through the village, and then we hear there's like a woman in a window who blows a whistle and a bunch of yeah collaborator.
1: Yeah. She's, mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you're out past curfew. Oh, so I don't get
0: shot. I'm going to squeal on you. And so a bunch of the Nazis come, like, swarming out, and they grab the woman. We'll eventually find out her name's oh, Chloe, um, but it takes a while. Um, but the soldiers all kind of manage to, like, duck and aren't seen. They see that she's sort of being interrogated by these Nazis, and I think they kind of, like, split up. Boyce kind of comes around a building and, like, rejoins with the rest of the crew. Yeah, he
1: seeks through a trench, but he's also kind of watching her. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, she could she could squeal on them and fuck their day up, but yeah. she doesn't. And, weirdly mm-hmm. enough, like, the commandant just kind of, like, it's like he knows her and just lets her go.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Hmm, okay. And so then she catches up to them, like, where they're hiding. So earlier, when they were all talking, you know, only boys could communicate with her because he could speak French, and, you know, so they were all... Everybody else just kind of had to go with what voice was saying. But now she appears and it turns out she actually speaks English and Hmm. she was just testing them to see if they were trustworthy.
1: Fair enough. I mean,
0: yeah, if you've been living in an occupied town for a while, like it's a trust no one sort of situation.
1: Right. They probably heard a lot of bad stories about, you know, the Americans, too. Right. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of that propaganda was spread around as well. Propaganda was spread around World War Two just in general. But, you know. Oh, yeah. And it it turns out they're going back to Chloe's house, and the only people there are Chloe, her brother Paul, and her aunt.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Does she mention then that her aunt's sick? She's very sick. And her brother Paul is, like, very young. Like, he's a kid.
1: Right. Well, he's also a scary fucking kid, right? Because (laughs) like, he sneaks up on Tibbet and has, like, a toy gun pointed at him, and he's like, Jesus!
0: (laughs) And his relationship with Tibbet is really fun, because, mm-hmm. like, Tibbet keeps acting like he hates kids, and he's like, you know, fuck off, kid, basically, right. but he, like, grows to love the kid as the movie goes on, and oh, it's yeah. very sweet. Yeah,
1: it's, it's the best. And then, of course, you know, when they get upstairs, Ford's like, they hear the aunt, and she's, like, making, I call them golem noises, you know, the, yeah. like, that kind of stuff, and Ford's like, is she going to be a problem?
0: Yeah, and Chloe's like, she keeps to herself. It's fine. She's just not not well. Right.
1: And then we get a cool, like, another aliens scene where Ford's like, all right, I want all the gear on the table so we can inventory it, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. They're kind of discussing, like, all right, how are we going to handle this? We're uh, clearly, we're vastly outnumbered. The first plan is, you know, they're trying to do something where it's like, we're going to have a couple guys that are covering us as we cl- try to climb the building and, and put the explosives on the outside of the church. And it's kind of like, but can we, do we have enough firepower? Can we hold the Nazis off with just like two snipers? And it's like, uh, I don't know if we've got enough or we can well, shoot fast enough.
1: We don't have to worry about that for too long because we then get it interrupted. It turns out the Nazis have gone into the lady who uh, squealed on Chloe a little bit earlier and they're dragging her husband out. They're going to do something mm.
0: nefarious. They end up, they sh- just shoot him in the street. No.
1: Well, they shoot her first. They shoot her in the mm. head. Then they shoot him and throw him in the truck. It's like, oh, right. well, I guess that's what you get.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Don't narc, friends.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so they kind of continue to argue as this that's going on like, you know, we're not really sure what we're going to do. But like, at this point like it's like Tibbet is like that plan is not going to work. You know, it's just not going to happen. And Boyce is like, listen, that's the mission. We got to do what we got to do. Right. And, and then Tibbet's Tim's like, oh, like,
1: yeah. shit. You are you're not yeah. even a soldier. And then we get to we get to find out why they were giving him shit in the beginning. It's because he wouldn't Mm -hmm. even kill a
0: mouse. Yeah, there was, like, a mouse bothering stuff in the barracks, Mm -hmm. and he caught it and let it out, and then it came back in. And And shit all over Sajj's pillow. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah.
1: So we know Boyce is a great person. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Right. And so at that point, you know, Tibbet and Chase, because they're like, we don't have enough guys to pull off what you're saying. Mm -hmm. We're going to go back out into the woods, see if we can find a couple more people. Maybe some other guys survived. And then maybe we can pull this off. Right.
1: Do a little scouting, as it were. And then, of course, Paul scares Tibbet again. And he's like holding (laughs) a baseball up at him with a catcher's mitt. And he's like, what the fuck do you want, kid? And Paul's like, he just wants to know if you want to play ball. Okay. Cool. Yeah,
0: and he's yeah, he's just like nah. I got I got stuff to do, kid.
1: Right. Come back when you've got a uh, pool table and five dollars. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> and so yeah, they leave, and then Boyce is just kind of patrolling the house and peeks in on Chloe's sick aunt and. She is beyond sick. Like, she looks like a zombie. Like, well, she looks Initially, horrifying. she's not there.
1: This is where we get one of our first jump scares, right? Mm. So he's like, oh, yeah. nobody's in here. Looks away, looks back. Oh, she's right there at the door.
0: You know, the, the, she's like, it's like the hag exploitation thing. Like, mm-hmm. she's like a decaying corpse that's walking around, basically. Like, uh, they, they went all in on making her just look old and haggard. Right.
1: But uh, we learned that the Germans did something to her in the church.
0: Yeah voice is like oh i'm sorry you know i didn't mean to to disturb her or whatever and chloe's like come down let's um I- I'll let me look at your wounds because she did stab him when they were yeah fighting in the woods so she's like fixing her own uh m- damage yeah and i think this is when she finally says like oh my name's chloe nice mm-hmm. to meet you so you know we we've gone this far without knowing who she is
1: right and we we as as we get a couple shots of Tibbet and chase kind of like going through the town trying to hide from germans we also learned that Chloe was... Did she say she went to America to become a vet?
0: I think so, yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's when we actually learned that Paul's name is Paul. Mm-hmm. So, okay, we, we've gotten everybody's name now. Great, awesome.
0: And she's like, how do you know how to speak French? Your your accent's strange. And he's like, yeah, you know, I I grew up... Like, my grandma was from Haiti. We, we lived in Louisiana for a while. So he's kind of got like a you know Creole, Creole kind of uh, yeah. French going on. Yeah.
1: And, of course, she says... Uh, So there's no war there where you live. And it's kind of like, well, this is the 1940s, Louisiana. Not exactly, (laughs) but kind of, just in a different way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So she goes in, like, she's like, so, yeah, there is, there's some German doctor who's experimenting on villagers in the church. He believes that the church is, like, built over top of some, it almost sounds like ley lines or something. Mm. There's some kind of occult power.
1: Yeah. The ground uh, has power itself, right?
0: Yeah, and so he's mm. tapping into that for these weird experiments, which, you know, Nazis messing with occult stuff yeah. is Part not only thing. like a horror trope, but is like reality. Like that they definitely were trying to find some ways to use occult magic. Yeah. um
1: I Literally did a uh, fun fact I literally did a research paper on the Thule Society. That's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, you can get into some real deep dive stuff mm-hmm. with this. Like, uh, but yeah, so at that point, the Nazi like the Nazis we saw earlier out in the street with the the older couple, they knock on Chloe's door. Boyce disappears, heads upstairs. Chloe g- answers the door, but just the like commander comes in. The rest of the guys stay outside on the like stoop or whatever.
1: Yeah, and he's acting very familiar. Like he starts to get undressed a little bit, takes off his jacket, and then he tucks up his collar for her to take off his like is it metal or tie i feel like yeah, it's a metal yeah it's like
0: an iron cross yeah. kind of like metal or yeah. something on like a on a ribbon right and yeah so she un, you know unclasps it and and hands it to him and like Boyce and Ford are like up in the attic looking through a crack in the floor and they're seeing all of this play out
1: right and of course she's looking up at them and the the, the commandant catches her and she he's like I don't i couldn't catch exactly what he's saying but it seems to be the effect of what, what, what you looking at up there? And I think she's like, oh, it's just my little brother is not mm-hmm. around up
0: there. At that point, like we kind of get it more explicitly shown that like they have a, a bit of an agreement that like to protect her family, she yeah. is, you know, it's like a sex for safety kind of thing here. It's a, a really terrible situation for her to be in. Yeah. And she's really, tr- she's like, can please just not tonight? Like can right. another night, but just, I, I can't tonight. Um, and he, you know, instantly gets angry as you would expect him to because he's terrible. Yeah,
1: and of course, luckily we get some diffusion as the we hear the ball, we see the ball, actually drop at the top of the stairs, and mm-hmm. it, oh, it looks like Paul just let the ball slip. Oops! And then, uh, of course, the commandants like, "Hey, let me bring my boys in here to check that out."
0: <laughs> yeah, and so they could go like searching the house and. Paul sort of brilliantly manages to distract them so that they don't see Boyce and Ford. Right. they're like, yeah, it's just this kid with a baseball.
1: Well, also, Boyce and Ford are kind of waiting (laughs) if they take another step (laughs) up the stairs, right? Yeah. It's like, if you spot us, we're just going to splatter your head across the wall. Because they've got their guns at the ready. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And so, yeah, the, the the, the Nazis bring... Paul down, and the commander's like, well, I'm going to just take him to the church and see what we can do with him mm-hmm. unless you do what I want.
1: Okay, well, that's fun. This is going to get... By the way, this is going to get uncomfortable real quick, so essay warning now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, of course, I mean, what can she do? She agrees. Uh, things kind of start going that direction where, you know, like, he's starting to kind of, like, try to undress her or whatever, and she's, he's got her, like, backed up against the wall, and then suddenly... There's a gun to the back of his head.
1: So, uh-oh, it looks like he's uh, he's busted, and uh, it's Boyce that's got him uh, dead to rights.
0: And so Boyce is just holding him there, and then Ford just walks over and just punches him and knocks him out.
1: Yeah, well, he also goes through his pockets and finds this really cool lighter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, Yeah. And yeah kind of like gleefully takes it like this is mine now you know? <laughs> so then hoist them up yeah they're talking about like we got to get Tibbet and chase they need to show up so that we can move on the tower mm-hmm. do they both go or does just boys go back to find them
1: ford just basically is like yeah help me tie him up real quick get a sack for his head and then you go find Tibbet and chase and bring him mm-hmm. back here
0: Yeah, and so Boyce manages, he sees a Nazi truck, and they're unloading a bunch of sick people. It looks similar to uh, Chloe's aunt, like, you know, people in some sort of weird state, and then they just set them all on fire with a flamethrower.
1: Right, you just see the two Nazi flamethrowers come out and just, very brutal. Yeah. And, of course, Boyce is like, oh, I gotta get the fuck out of here, and he almost gets busted as a jeep goes, like, speeding past him. But that doesn't get him. Uh, he ducks down long enough. The German Shepherd is what spots him. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, so he's being chased by a dog and then sees, like, um, a, a Nazi, like, carrier truck driving. And he runs up and jumps yeah, into the back of it. It was the one that almost busted out, him, yeah. Yeah, and it's full of corpses. Yeah. So now he's just in the, in the back of a truck with a bunch of dead bodies. Oof. And the truck goes into the Nazi base that's, you know, like, kind of built up around the church. There's, Uh-oh. you know, fences and everything.
1: Yeah, and somehow Boyce does manage to slip. He slips into the blind spot of the, the the Jeep, which is, like, there's not really much of one, but somehow he does it. I don't know. It's a movie. We'll just go with it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, this felt like, you know, we talked last time about how that movie felt a lot like a video game. Mm-hmm. This one, for the most part, doesn't, but this scene definitely, doesn't you know, you have the, the sneak mission in the video right. game where somehow you're in the shadows and you should obviously be seen, but somehow because video game logic, you're not. Yeah, the only
1: thing this uh, this movie's missing is Metal Gear. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, so he's sneaking around in, in you know, behind enemy lines, and um,
1: he, he goes and into the building. He he goes down into the basement, and he's like, "There's a, like what an organ in front of him, but he's also barred, mm-hmm. so oh, he can't get out that way." And then he hears this weird like gurgling noise,
0: and like there's a a wall with like glory holes it, it, <laughs> no. Yeah, basically there's just like peep holes. Um, without are there even doors? I don't. I think no. there's, it's just a wall, right? Not on this side. Uh, it,
1: not yeah.
0: Yeah, and so he looks through one of them, and, you know, it's, again, some sort of prisoner who's been experimented on who does not look, like, you know, normal.
1: hmm Yeah, and then we hear a bunch of weird, like, meat-smacking sounds, like...
0: <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so he kind of like keeps moving he's whatever's going on there is not good and he ends up in a straight up mad scientist lab right there's a bunch of
1: in the middle of the 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 area there's like some bubbling tar stuff so i guess that's the ground the magical mm -hmm. ground
0: yeah and then all along the ceiling there are these weird bags that are full of liquid and s- other things moving around inside them.
1: Right, and I basically wrote down it's like amniotic fluid, and these are the literal amniotic sacs.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of similar to the weird eel sac from the Mary Shelley mm-hmm. Frankenstein right. movie but they're just small individual ones and uh, they also have zippers which is the weirdest thing like that the liquid's not dripping through leaking it. out yeah. of the zippers
1: ah uh, you gotta love a good eel sack anyway <laughs> <laughs> but, but something in the, <laughs> the sack moves and scares the shit out of boys what the hell's in there it looks vaguely humanoid
0: mm mm-hmm. mhm and so yeah he kind of like unzips the zipper a little bit and there's a man inside who's wearing like a breathing mask I guess it's yeah yeah I, i'm guessing that's how he's breathing in the the fluid but it kind of looks like a gas mask um and he's like help me boys obviously there's nothing he's right, he's out. Do. <laughs> um so he starts kind of backing away but he does see this tray with all these like perfectly lined up syringes with some sort of strange liquid and he's like well i'm gonna take one of those i don't know what's going on there but might right. come in handy
1: you never know you know we might use this as a power-up later who knows But we also hear, like, a woman, like, crying out for help in in Mm -hmm. French. And he's like, okay, and he sees she's, like, on a table or something through this, uh, like, hospital screen. He removes Mm -hmm. the hospital screen, and she's missing something. Uh, (laughs) She's missing most of her body. The only thing she has is head and spinal cord.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Which again, this kind of felt like the teddy bear right? lady from, right? from Frankenstein's Army.
1: Did it? Overlord ripped off Frankenstein's Army. It had to. <laughs> the,
0: yeah, the, there's a lot of similarities. Mm. It's hard to deny. We're
1: calling you out, Overlord.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so obviously that that kind of scares him, and he starts. Uh, and, you know, the, this head, you know, obviously she was calling for help. So she's alive, even though she's just a, a head and a spine. Yeah.
1: And, of course, Boyd's like, fuck this shit, I'm
0: out. Yep. But and he- then he bumps into Rosenfeld, hey! who is, like, still alive. He's, like, attached to all these weird contraptions, but, you know, is awake and alert.
1: Okay, I feel that this w- there was a rewrite here, okay? Because Rosenfeld has an obvious head wound, almost like a bullet wound to the head, right? And he like you said he's attached there's this um like pipe that's going into his stomach mm-hmm. which i feel that rosenfeld was like chase right later on they didn't know what to actually uh, do with chase so it was yeah. going to be Re- rosenfeld but then they swapped it
0: that yeah that would make sense mm.
1: look at the look at the chase what happens to chase later yeah but yeah so he voice removes uh, rosenfeld helps him get out uh, but we also see that doctor injecting a random soldier with that serum that he had. And the soldier soldier just kinda convulses a couple times and then I guess they either put him is that a is that um like cold storage like for bodies in a morgue or is that an incinerator? Mm,
0: yeah, I'm not sure.
1: Mm, one of those two things.
0: Yeah. This is like um a scientist who's way far along in his experiments. Mm-hmm. Like he's not yelling it's alive when it when it starts moving. No, like this he's all old to this guy. Yeah, I, I literally wrote old hat. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, so they they head out with with the this corpse and Boyce like manages to get the tube out of Rosenfeld's side, which is like this weird needle that's very long. Right. If you have any kind of needle trauma stuff, like look away cuz right. this this needle is uh very long. <laughs> like the it's it's people. an intense needle.
1: Yeah. But Boyce decides, you know, he picks up Rosenfeld and they get out of there, right? Well, he decides mm. he's going to get out in the loudest way possible by kicking the shit out of this grate that leads into, like, an underground grotto. Mm-hmm. I love a good grotto. But anyway, yeah. they do manage to escape. Uh, they make it back to Chloe's house. And Boyce, man, he, I, I feel him in in this moment because I have had this ADHD, like, stream of thoughts just come out of my mouth. <laughs> yes, yeah. Cause he's like, there's all kinds of shit out there They have this serum and they have these guys. And, you know, it's like, I've been there, man. I know that feeling.
0: Yeah. And, like, yeah, they're they're just like, stop, slow down. What's going on? Like, this is like obvious. Like, it's like PTSD. Like, he's in shock. Like, he just saw so much fucked up shit. And now he's safe and, like, is processing all that shit that he just saw. Right. Um and you know he does show them the syringe and so they're like oh well, we, we got a nazi right here we can ask him what the fuck's going on right you know obviously he's not wanting to give them anything useful yeah he just talks shit yeah so chloe just fucking stabs him she's like i, I don't <laughs> like you know you've You've had your way with me for a while now, so I'm going to do what I want to you now that, you know, I'm I'm the one in, in a position of power, which, you know, good for her, obviously.
1: Right. And she's, she's clearly ingratiated herself with uh, Ford now because he's like, I dig her style. And he starts <laughs> twisting that knife. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, that's that's intense, too. They've got him strung up uh, to the rafters, and, you know, Ford is just, like, ready to just beat the shit out of him. To
1: Yeah, he goes to town on the Commandant
0: yeah you know it's one of those like i you know i've got you where i want you and i you, you're acting like you're too tough and that you're not going to say anything but i'm going to win this one i think is what he says
1: yeah he literally says that it's like so that kind of tells us that he did not win in italy
0: mm, Whatever yeah. happened. yeah <laughs> and Boyce is like that's this isn't how we do things you know this isn't right and Ford's like, did you not listen to what we said in the plane? Like, we got to be worse than them if we're going to beat them.
1: Right. If you want to beat them, you have to play as dirty as they do.
0: Yeah. So Boyce goes downstairs. Uh, and then a little bit later... Well, he uh,
1: tries to stop Ford and gets his shit kicked in. Yeah, <laughs> doing so.
0: Yeah. yeah he's so like, he's, you go downstairs, Boyce. Yeah, he's like, I'm not going to watch this anymore. Uh, and then a little later, Ford comes strolling down and he's like, all right, so, you know, let's, let's discuss the plan. Yeah, uh-huh. we got
1: 60 minutes till they hit the beach. Uh, so we have to blow the tower and so we've got the 1 hour countdown, right?
0: Yeah. So they're they're kind of talking and Ford's like, "Hey Chase, while we're discussing, why don't you run upstairs and bring the commandant down because uh, we're going to need yeah, him for the needs- plan."
1: Yeah, he'll be collateral.
0: Mhm. Okay. And because Chase is like a dumb kid, he goes up there Bad and is, he's like Kind of acting a little like the commandant's like unconscious, you know, he's like hanging there limp and he's like kind of scared at first, but he's like, Oh, he kicks him a few times, he's, like, All right, yeah, you're he's out. And mm-hmm. so then he cuts him down and like instantly, like the commandant was faking, like, you know, he's right. waiting for this moment.
1: Yeah, did you did you hear those air quotes earlier when you said he was unconscious? <laughs> yeah, <As> I did. <laughs> yeah, and so the commandant just kicks Chase's legs out from under him, somehow gets a hold of Chase's legs. And shoots Chase three times mm-hmm. point
0: blank. Yeah, and he like he still has the bag over his head, but like he's he shoots him point blank, and then just stands up and is like he hears the the men running up the stairs, firing and he's wildly. just firing wildly, but he can't you know obviously can't see. Boyce manages to kind of like dodge him and knock him down, and like you know they all kind of like tackle him and get him back under control uh, as the. Uh-oh. Yeah, but also Chase.
1: Chase has had, got three bullets in him now.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's one of those moments where like he's definitely gonna die, but he's like, "I'm out." And they're like, "Yeah, you're looking good. You're gonna be fine. Just we're gonna put some pressure on it. You'll be all right."
1: Don't let me die. Let me have my camera.
0: Yeah, and they hand him the camera so he can hold it as he as he dies. Poor Chase. And everybody's kind of mourning in there, and then Boyce just jams and just jabs him with the syringe. Without, yeah, I
1: mean, plus 2 plus 2 equals 4, right? Yeah. This brought somebody back to life for a moment earlier, so it'll do... Chase will be
0: fine. Yeah, and he, yeah, he doesn't check in with anybody to see if they think this is a good plan. <laughs> um, no, he does not. And Chase wakes up and is, like, kind of confused, and he's like, I, I'm give me some water and they give him a can yeah he gives they give him the canteen and he just crushes it like it's like a soda can
1: yeah that's weird and of course Tibbet doesn't miss a beat he's like that's not the only thing that's fucking weird (laughs) yeah uh
0: and then like immediately his veins start turning dark and they get like thick and bulgy and he's like twitching kind of weird
1: he's talking about how hot it is
0: yeah and And then it's like his He's twitching so hard that, like, you can hear bones breaking in his body and, like, his neck's bent at this crazy angle. Like, clearly, like, he's turning into a monster before their eyes. And they start to kind of try to, like, restrain him and he starts throwing them out well, of the way.
1: They, they try to talk him down first, mm-hmm. right? They're like, I, I think you need to calm down, buddy. And he's like, my head hurts, my head hurts. He just runs and headbutts a post and a half. <laughs> yeah. And then he convulses like that one guy I did earlier, but he literally breaks his own neck backwards. It's mm-hmm. where you see the bone jutting through the skin. It's gnarly as hell.
0: Yeah, but it's also really cool. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah. Uh, and so they just start shooting him, and like they think they've killed him, like they just fill him with bullets, uh, and right. then he just stands back up. Right. He's like, "What you doing, me boys?" <laughs> And so then this is kind of like the moment where Boyce is like, "Okay, I see that like sometimes you got to play hard to like survive in this world. So the
1: one way to stop something for sure, you bash the fucking brains.
0: Yeah. So he just like beats his skull to a pulp. And it's like one of those things where like he can't stop. And the the rest of the guys are like, he's dead, Boyce. It's fine. It's over. And they're like pulling him off of him.
1: And if you're skittish against Gore, um, one, this is not the movie for you. If we haven't already stated that, two, you will get to see the squished skull of Jace.
0: Yeah, yeah, this is probably the most gory moment in the movie.
1: Pretty cool. Ah, uh, I don't know. There's there's a certain thing with a gunshot in the moment.
0: Mm, Yeah, true.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's pretty bad.
0: Yeah. So, the, so the soldiers are like, "What? What are you all do? Like talking to the commandant? Like, why did you make this? What is the purpose of this?" And he's like, "You know, the the thousand year Reich needs thousand year soldiers. Thousand year soldiers, fuck. Yeah. 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 But he does like, as all in the chaos of all this, he manages to slip out, goes downstairs, and grabs Bro. Paul as a hostage.
1: Ah, bastard. And I, I appreciate." How, like, once he gets to the very bottom and everyone's realized he's slipped out, like, and he's almost out the door, Ford gets ready to shoot him, but he just holds all up mm-hmm. and, and, like, goes, ah! and just walks out the front door <laughs> yeah. like a
0: villain. Yeah, and so, like, the soldiers run out, and there's some Nazi soldiers outside, and there's kind of, like, a firefight, yeah. um, and the, the commandant's really just fight. like, fuck this. Like, he just jumps in the jeep and, like, takes off. He's like, I've got a hostage. I'm not dealing with any of this. And- well,
1: he tries to. But of course, we have Tibbet, who's basically the sniper of the group.
0: And mm-hmm. He just
1: takes out a bunch of people. Then Ford pulls out his gun, and we just we see kind of profile of the commandant, and then blood splatter outside of his face. Mm-hmm. So, uh oh, yeah. What did, he, what did what did Ford do to the commandant? <laughs> uh oh, he he surely will not look right after this.
0: Yeah. And so now that he's gone, Ford's like, "All right, that's over with. We've got to go take the tower now. Like we are running out of time." And Boyce is like, "No! Like we've got to stop him. We've got to save the kid. We've got to stop whatever's going on in the basement of the church. Like the the tower is no longer the priority."
1: God bless Tibbet. He's a man after my own heart because he effectively goes, "Por qué no lo stop <laughs> Yeah. Oh, 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 why don't you vote? Yeah, because like, and
0: there, there, this is a real. This is like, I think. Boyce having had to kill chase now he's kind of like he's got his strength he's kind of grown a backbone because ford just starts yelling at him and he's like i gave you an orger soldier we've we're doing you're doing what i say and Boyce is like no i'm not like i i know what needs to be done i know the right thing to do here and i don't mm-hmm. care what you say
1: and of course once they all agree to it ford's like we're probably you know we're probably not gonna make it back from this right we're <laughs> all gonna die here
0: yeah, and they're like, yeah, well, we, you know, we got to do the right thing.
1: And once again, Tippet B and my boy goes, you know what? If we make it back, though, it'll be so much sweeter on the way home. Yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough.
0: This moment, I think the tension they're breaking, now the, the group we have here is like a cohesive unit. Like they're right. fully working as a team. They all have each other's backs. They trust each other.
1: Well, they even have Chloe on board. Mm-hmm. So this is a whole crew. Okay. Yeah. So we got Rosenfeld and Tibbet. They're going to act as anchors and basically as a distraction and just start shooting any Nazi they can, which I approve. And yeah. they're going to distract them long enough for Boyce and Ford to, and Chloe to sneak in and do what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah. And so then we, so but the first part of the, the mission is um, the crew is still like in the woods talking, but mm-hmm. Chloe is back in town, and she gets one particular Nazi's attention, and he's got a motorcycle, um, and yeah. he starts chasing her.
1: Yeah, he, this is basically the commandant's, like, first goon.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so he's, like, trying to figure out, you know, he's like, I gotta catch you and, and figure out what's up. But then, Ford and Boyce, they're waiting, you know, this is the plan, and they take yeah,
1: him well, out. she's the distraction, right? And mm-hmm. he, this goon tries to S.A. Chloe, but Chloe just starts laughing in his face. <laughs> like, you took the bait. Yeah. You know? And the next thing we see is him riding back to, town, or to the base on his motorcycle. That's interesting. But why is his mouth tied up, Anthony?
0: Yeah, that, that's so good. So he, like, yeah, they um, the other Nazis, like, stop him and they're like, what's going on? And he's, like, gesturing wildly and everything. Right. And,
1: and, so- and as they try to grab his, like, the th- the tape over his mouth, he, like, sh- moves his head away. He knows what's up.
0: <laughs> but so they, they managed to pull the tape off of his mouth and attached to the tape is a grenade pin and the grenade oh. is in his mouth.
1: Oh no. But wait a second, what just happened? Oh, Hey, some dynamite just lit ignited itself. That's weird.
0: Yeah. So the whole fucking Jeep blows up and like all the Nazis <laughs> are right there. Um, yeah, get them. Yeah. So, uh, obviously that's, that's sort of like the, uh,
1: main
0: distraction right? yeah it's like the catalyst for everything to go wild so now like the soldiers are all kind of scrambling around Tibbet and rosenfeld are up on a um, hill fire. uh Tibbet's like you know sniping and uh rosenfeld's got like the machine gun um and yeah they're just taking everybody out
1: yeah you gotta love it
0: yeah it's it's very satisfying i mean there's just nothing quite as enjoyable as watching nazis get nazis gunned down shot, yeah. <laughs>
1: i don't know what it's very cathartic Is all i'm saying <laughs> but so then we have uh boys ford and chloe entering into the church and immediately chloe's like i want to save my brother right now mm-hmm. so they're like well we kind of need to do everything first and she's like nope brother first and walks basically runs off on her own it's like <laughs> that's not a smart thing to do chloe but okay
0: yeah they're like you we knew she you know like i think his boys selling forward like that's you that obviously that's what was going to happen That was
1: expected yeah yeah uh she immediately runs into two soldiers and she she has she's drawn on them so they're you know if they do anything they're probably going to die she asks one hey where's my brother and he's like i'm not going to fucking tell you you're just a woman right and then she shoots him in the head it's like <laughs> looks to the other one where's my brother <laughs> right
0: um yeah so he's going to take her to to find her brother uh, meanwhile um ford is rigging up um bo- you know explosives the well,
1: radio operator's throat first oh
0: right yeah yeah and then starts rigging up explosives all around the radio array and he's like yeah, all right boys while i'm doing this you go to the lab and deal with right. what needs to be done there
1: we've got 20 minutes till the planes hit the beach so uh-oh now we've we spent 40 minutes getting to this point we've only got 20 minutes left left okay
0: yeah, and so then it just happens that, like, as Boyce is headed to the lab, he bumps into Chloe and the soldier that she was well, yeah. with.
1: The soldier, like, takes her to a cell and's like, oh, yeah, your brother's in there. And as Chloe's, like, looking inside and sees, like, just a, the remains of something, like, the guy tries to draw on her and then Boyce t- die-tackles the guy.
0: yeah and so he gets chloe away and then whatever was in that cell grabs the soldier and drags him in
1: Uh oh boy they better shut that door something bad might happen
0: yeah and i think somewhere in here we do see uh, the commandant injecting himself with the syringe uh you know in in the end game of this it's a lot of like cross-cutting between like three or four different scenes
1: it's very hectic yeah you're right he doesn't just inject himself once He injects himself twice.
0: Yeah. So he's. And then we
1: find out his face is fucked
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. We see that like, yeah, he's all messed up from the, from the gunshot. Mm -hmm. Um, Outside, Tibbet and Rosenfeld have run out of bullets. They take off into the woods. We've got Boyce and Chloe. They're searching the lab. They they find Paul. Yep. So they get him free. And Boyce is like, you go, go on, go back out through the sewer, you know, save Paul. I'll catch up. Um, which, you know, that go on without me, I'll catch up, never goes well.
1: Nope, because as soon as they leave, Boyd goes, goes off in a different direction, but something runs behind him real quick. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, no, that's that, that thing from the, the cell, isn't it? Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then meanwhile, Chloe does get Paul into the sewer grate, uh, and she starts to go in and then gets grabbed by a Nazi zombie thing that pulls her back. And yeah, that was just, the thing that
1: was running behind her.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It basically chased her. Yeah,
0: yeah, and so she's yelling to like, you know, for him to run. And she starts running away, and she does manage to get away, but the the zombie is now sort of blocking her route back to the sewer, so she's gotta find a different way to get out.
1: Right. So yeah, after she unloads a couple bullets into its brain, she does run off into the like unloading dock, I guess, of the facility. And she runs past this really cool sign. It says, What's that, Flaming Foofer?
0: <laughs> yeah, so this is where Boyce earlier saw them, you know, flamethrower a bunch of sick people. And there's the flamethrower. So she makes use of it and uh, takes care of that guy that was chasing her.
1: Yeah. He already looked half melted anyway, so. <laughs>
0: right. Uh, meanwhile, um, Ford is about to leave the radio area, but then is attacked by the commandant, who is now like you know super Nazi zombie,
1: <laughs> right? Effectively, uh,
0: and, and, then, and of course, one thing he does in the fight is he take like, you know, it's got one of those like timer things that's like jammed into like this the c4 kind of stuff and he pulls it out and crushes it so now we don't have a timer for these explosives
1: oh no somebody's yeah. gonna have to do this manually because, yeah you know, of course we knew
0: that was gonna have to happen <laughs> right and
1: then of course we then cut to Boyce rigging the his science lab with the, the weird pit and uh it turns out that the uh, doctor doesn't want him to do that so he pulls a gun on him.
0: yeah and you know they end up fighting and Boyce manages to kill him with his own scalpel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is...
1: on his own petards.
0: <laughs> and then we cut to outside where Paul has gotten out through the sewers and he sees Tibbet and Rosenfeld. They're like kind of like ducked back behind a, I think a Jeep or something.
1: They're behind some rubble, but this dumb kid just runs out in the middle of a firefight. Why Chloe's not still holding on to his ass is beyond me. But yeah, they start shooting at the kid because Nazis aren't gonna Nazi. Mm-hmm. And, um,. Uh, Tibbet's like, fuck, I gotta save the kid. <laughs> right. And he does.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things where, like, he's running and, like, gets the kid to safety and then gets shot in the back at the last second and falls down. And he's behind the, the protected barrier at this point, but he did get hit. Right.
1: But it's like, oh no, we've lost Tibbet. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. But we also then cut to the commandant who's basically stringing Ford up at this time. And he's like, now this time I'm gonna win. Kind of echoing back to the. That scene earlier.
0: Yeah, but he's not going to tie his hands up and hang him from the rafters. No. He's going to leatherface him and just stick him up on a meat hook.
1: Sometimes you're going to meat hook. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and he does by the ribs. So that's fun. Yeah. We get the villain monologue. Yeah, game. yeah.
0: Um, and he's then... like, the
1: French were stupid for not refining the earth before we did. And it's like, did they really know though? I mean. What what is this ground like what is this ground yeah this weird ooze. Makes, right what is
0: this yeah and then Boyce appears and shoots him a lot and like oh, nothing no, happens no. like he just like fills him with bullets and nothing, you know he's completely unaffected uh, mm-hmm. but at least he does Boyce gets his attention so he heads towards Boyce and starts attacking him which gives Ford a chance to lift himself up off the awesome. meat hook
1: very painful like, mm, yeah,
0: yeah. And like he, I think he realizes like his time is limited at this point. So mm-hmm. he finds a syringe and injects himself. Um, and so then we see that like the, the commandant is trying to drown boys. He's doing one of the things where like you know he holds him under for a little bit, pulls him up, says some villainous bullshit, pushes hey. him back under again. Because uh, you know it's they never will just hold you down until you drown. Like they gotta like make it last a while, which works out because you know. That gives Ford some time to kind of get some energy, and he just impales the Commandant on this, like, big-ass pipe thing. And that leads to a monster a fight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. You, you do, you knew. Well, yeah. but of course, like, Ford's not, Ford's not jacked up on double the dose of monster serum, right? So he's not mm-hmm. winning this fight, but he's
0: surviving it. So he's kind of getting, like, held down... Um, and then, like, Ford ends up, he, like, sees some oxygen tanks on the ground, and he rolls them over towards the Commandant, and he's kind of, like, looking at Boyce, like, eh, let well, hey. well, well, they kind of laugh, right? Because the Commandant's like, that's it? That's all you got
1: after mm-hmm. all this? And he's like, yeah, yeah, Boyce, shoot it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so then they do a Jaws. Uh-huh. And <laughs> they really do, yeah.
1: It's so good, and of course, the, the commandant gets blown up real good. Mm-hmm.
0: So they're like, "All right, it's, it, we gotta go." And so they they start to run out, and then Ford does the classic thing where, as soon as Boyce runs out, he locks the gate behind him, and he's like, "You go on without me." Right. I gotta. St-, he's you know he's like I, I you know I'm, I'm injected now. It's too late for me. Besides, the timer's gone. Somebody's gotta stay and right. set the charges manually. Well,
1: not only that, but not even our side should have whatever this is, right? So he's like the anti Captain America that will one go one day go on to be kind of a Captain America, <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? You know, yeah. So he's like, yeah, uh, I gotta, I gotta blow up with this. None of this can go back to the states. Right. And sure enough, he does. He blows up the whole base and himself. Well,
1: this is also like we we get that the commandant basically isn't dead yet, and also whatever happened woke up his like basically his army. Of Nazi super soldiers, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, then of course, like you said, Ford does commit the final sacrifice, taking all of the Nazi zombies with him.
0: Yeah, and like Boyce, on his way out, he has to reset the tower timer to match up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Runs out of the base, gets you know gets the cool like shit exploding behind him as he's going in
1: a complete like it's all one shot for like yeah. what a good good two three minutes of him running
0: Mm mm-hmm yeah
1: and and if you've seen the behind the scenes of this this is fucking cool because they are literally blowing shit up like with the the squibs and all the other uh like all the other uh fireworks and such like as he's running so this is him literally (laughs) running through this whole gamut
0: yeah it looks really good like it's it's a great Mm -hmm. sort of like culmination to all this you just see all the explosions around him Mm -hmm. and then like we just cut to chloe and paul and Rosenfeld and Tibbet hey! is alive and okay. Yep. And they're listening to news bulletins about the D-Day invasion.
1: It's going successfully. It couldn't go any better. Yeah. We're gonna free Europe in no time.
0: And you get like all the villagers are kind of like walking out into the streets, just like you know they're they're feeling saved, like and it's victory, and yeah, they're kind of just like, yeah, it's a kind of a nice little moment. And then uh, you know Boyd comes like stumbling down the street just covered in dust and blood just I mean, looks terrible with a little PTSD
1: on him for good for good measure
0: yeah and they're like what about Ford and he's like "No, nah, yep. he, he didn't make it out yep aw oh, damn yeah.
1: and then of course you know he sits down to kind of mull over that but we immediately cut to planes flying overhead and now we're in a we're in a military like camp Hmm. And there's somebody talking to Boyce.
0: Yeah, it's like, a, I guess a general or mm-hmm. something. We don't really get much about him, but he's like,
1: yeah, sometimes. yeah,
0: and he's like, so I heard rumors that there was like a kraut lab down in the basement of the church. Is there anything, you know, any, anything to those rumors? Right. And Boyce is like, nope, nah, I didn't see anything like that. And he's like, you sure it's not worth us digging through the rubble to see? And he's like, nah, you, we got it all. Everything's it's gone.
1: Yeah. That was just the base of the command tower. That's that's all that was
0: yeah just a radio tower nothing else
1: yeah
0: and he's like alright that's that's what I thought but I thought I'd check
1: yeah we're just so, gonna put you to the seat we're gonna assign you to Charlie Company
0: yeah so Boyce goes head, heads over to the rest of the crew Tibbet is now playing cards with Paul and they're all kind of laughing and joking together mm-hmm. like you know they Tibbet loves this kid now like they yeah. are best friends um,
1: and then of course Robin talking about how he saved uh save them by firing his uh, fuck-off machine gun.
0: <laughs> yeah, Tibbet and, and they're kind of joking. He's like, I, I thought I saved everybody. Yeah. He's like, nah. Um, and yeah, boy strolls up and they're like, so what's the verdict? And he's like, we're headed to C Company. Um, and it's kind of one of those like, oh yeah, of, co-, you know, of course they're not just going to send us home because we've got a job to finish.
1: Yeah. Oh shit. Here we go again. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. And, like, early in the plane, there's, like, a Tibbet makes a joke, like, I, I could end this war easy. If they just drop me close to Hitler, yeah. I'd take care of it. Well,
1: once, you know? we, once we get off in Berlin, it's just a quick, uh, quick stop off to Berlin, and then, pow, we go yeah. on. heading home.
0: Yeah, so they kind of make another joke about that. Like, that's, that's the mission. That's what we're doing with Charlie Company is mm. we just got to get Tibbet over to Hitler so we can all head home.
1: Right. Well, yeah. what they didn't know was Hitler would do it for himself. But we did go out on this really cool song called "Bridging the Gap," which is like a, a they're sampling an old blues song and like they're adding like a rap a rap song over it. It's it's pretty good.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like I think it's like a John Lee Hooker song mm-hmm. that they're sampling. And yeah. yeah. It's it's pretty good. Yeah, it's fucking
1: badass. Yeah. So that's it. That's Overlord.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's you know th- the similarities with Frankenstein's Army are, are definitely there. Um, this feels a little, I mean, it feels a little more real, mm-hmm. you know, like the, uh, you know, I guess, you know, Frankenstein's army being found footage has that going for it, where that makes it feel real, mm-hmm. but this feels a little bit less like, Ridiculous. this is a little more believable that yeah. there, that, that this level of kind of experimentation would go on rather than like, you know, dudes with giant propellers for heads.
1: Right. It's, well, it's like in Frankenstein's army, it was almost like, um, Herbert West reanimator where he was just. Sticking metal parts to things and injecting them with whatever and getting it to work, right? Where yeah. this is just a random serum that brings dead tissue back to life. Well, I guess this is a little bit more. Wait a second, <laughs> this is a little bit more reanimating. <laughs> um, yeah, true. Um, this movie has uh, many, many inspirations, I guess. But uh, yeah. yeah.
0: But and if, you know, and if it's it's sort of like a slightly more horrified version of like. Inglorious Bastards or something, you know. It's just like it's sort of fun fantasy to like, you know, see the Nazis get killed and stuff. Oh,
1: yeah, and it's less preposterous than Frankenstein's Army as well. I mean, I like the the the, uh, monster like effects and design, but like you said, this is more grounded, so it's not as campy.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 They definitely would make for an interesting double feature. It's just a, that that sort of like vicarious Nazi killing that like that there there were so many movies like this like in like the seventies. Yeah, well, uh, we we have
1: Nazi exploitation is that what we're calling those? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. it it does feel like sort of a you know revival of that. Mm-hmm. Still good though. Still yeah, absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's only what five years old.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say it's definitely worth checking out. It's you know, again, it's not a movie that's like super deep. It doesn't have a lot of layers. It's a, it's a war movie with a little bit of horror elements.
1: Right. Listen, um, you come but, here to see Nazis get shot. What do you expect? Yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's definitely successful at doing what it's trying to do. Yeah,
1: and if I remember correctly, wasn't this movie kind of held? It seems like it was held onto or kind of pushed back a little bit.
0: And I th- yeah I, it was there were like rumors that it was going to be part of the cloverfield franchise right. and then those rumors got denied uh and it was this whole big thing and then i th- it ended up just getting did it get theatrical or did it, it get did. okay but like I, it like
1: i feel like it wasn't a super wide release Mm-hmm. but it was still yeah in theaters
0: yeah um which is yeah, definitely worth checking out. Yeah, it it, it it feels like it probably would have had a bigger following if it had had a bigger release. Right,
1: and also of course, thank God it did wasn't a Cloverfield movie. I mean those those movies are fine for what they are, but this is this is a little bit above that.
0: Yeah, I feel like if they had tried to tie the mythology from Cloverfield into this, it would have gotten a lot more convoluted, and it would have lost a lot of the the charm.
1: Which 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 the third cloverfield movie maybe it is tied in to a degree (laughs) yeah
0: this i mean because the third cloverfield movie yeah it's definitely where cloverfield starts to lose its charm because it's starting to feel like it needs to explain itself a lot yeah
1: and it didn't (laughs) it
0: didn't (laughs) right but whatever
1: but yeah this is a good one so obviously check this out if you get a chance to and actually maybe have the double feature of this and frankenstein's army
0: Compare and contrast. Let's see what happens. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Fair enough. All right, Anthony. Where can they find us?
0: Uh yeah. So you can find us on you know most of the socials. Uh, we're at, at the FrankenCast. Um, you can also find us on YouTube. You can email us at the FrankenCast at gmail and you can find us over on Patreon.com dot slash the FrankenCast. Definitely.
1: Yeah. We appreciate all eyes on us. Whenever you can get there, and just let us know what you think. Obviously, interact with the socials, do all that stuff. In this tumultuous time, just just talk to us wherever you can. We'll we'll talk back more than likely.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right. Well, uh, Anthony, you know, I mean, we're on a we're on a roll. We're killing a bunch of Nazis, so why stop here, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Except this one. This next one. I think we need to go to the sky. <laughs>
0: yeah so uh so next week we're gonna talk about sky sharks um which is yeah it's more nazis but this is more like army of frankensteins it's it's a sillier movie uh it's a little bit sharknado a little you know it's <laughs> it's nazis with giant robot sharks in the sky there's some frankenstein monster stuff in there too it's yeah so would
1: you say we're already jumping the shark <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> uh,
1: love it. All right. Well, in that case, to be continued. Looks
0: like you survived another episode. The Freaking Cast is a production of FCR Media. It's hosted by Anthony Bowman and Eric Velasquez. Follow us on Twitter at TheFrankencast, or send us a letter at theFrankencast at gmail.com. Our cover art is by Amanda Keller. You can find her at Keller Illustrations on Instagram. Our theme music is by Vivek Abhishek. Thanks for
1: listening.